Hi everyone, welcome to Brand Boutique Elite. My name's Farhana Cannon, the founder of iMedia Exposure, and I'm here with a special guest, Sal Harper, infidelity expert, uh, recovery expert. Um, thank you so much for being on today. I, it's such a pleasure to be here, Farhana. I love the exposure and the experience that I'm getting because I am not a high-tech person at all. <laughs> Well, we are getting you there, and you have lots of programs, um, and you, you know, you're building out your funnels and your all of your programs online, and you're doing. So Sal has a group, and she does lives where she gives trainings every week in this group. Um, so I'd love for you to share that link with everyone for them to learn more about how they can join that group too on Facebook um, and on the YouTube channel. Uh, what is the name of the group so they can search it? Those that are in, uh, Facebook, you can go to Clarity in Crisis, and that is a Facebook group for women who have experienced infidelity, whether it's through a porn addiction, multiple affairs, prostitution, some really harsh and dark things that you know people don't talk about. But I have a private group for women, and uh, we support each other. We have very specific training. On how to navigate through that infidelity so I know the holidays stirs up a lot of triggers a lot of emotional triggers allowing people to stay isolated and suffering in silence and I wouldn't want that for anyone so feel free to come on over and submit a request to join the clarity and crisis Facebook group so you can heal with other women who are going through the same things that you're going through yeah for sure there's definitely you know the holidays are joyous for some people and then it's painful for some people and I wanted to make sure that I had you on during this month um, you know we're, we're filming this right now in, in December and I thought that it was important to share that there is support for people because um, you know we don't want people to suffer alone and we want people to heal and, and I love that that's your mission Thank you. You know, it didn't get here by choice. It kind of um, happened to me by default and kind of landed in my lap. And I was guided to to do this. I was actually um, in internet marketing and I had an e-commerce store. So this is completely a, a 180 from what I was doing before. Yeah, you know, I, I've had the honor to, um, you know, help you with your branding and your marketing plan. And, you know, I really love that you are out there and contributing to the world. Like, I love working with people that, you know, have a, a, a purpose and are supporting other people with whatever they're going through. So I really want to acknowledge you for, you know, being that person and in providing space for healing for others. Well, thank you. I appreciate all your help with the, with the team and you and your expertise because I don't think I would have stepped out of my comfort zone and gotten into the world of social media if it hadn't been for your gentle nudges <laughs> and the expertise telling me, no, this is what uh, where you got to go. This is where you got to be. <laughs> Well, the more people that, you know, come across you, the more people you can help. And it's it's interesting because I share a lot with my clients that you want to share your your story, your values, you know, connect with people and be a little bit 
vulnerable. And that's hard for people at times to like showcase that on social media for the world to see and the world to scrutinize. Um, and so, you know, I really applaud you for not letting, you know, what people think holds you back from like, you know, serving others. It has been a very tumultuous journey because when I made the decision to go all in and choose this as my profession, I got a lot of heat, not just from you know my immediate family, and I should say um, immediate ex extended family, um, but I got a lot of heat from therapists and uh, my church for talking about this particular topic because it is a very dark and morbid topic and we kind of bury and hide what's really going on behind closed doors, especially when it's associated to things like infidelity and porn addiction and uh, paying for prostitutes and things of that nature. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a very hard journey. And I'm so glad that I have the strength. Of course, I didn't do it on my own, but being able to build that strength to endure the criticism and uh, all the, the haters and naysayers out there. Yeah, and and honestly, that happens in like any business, any things that are even not controversial. I feel like there's, you know, there are the naysayers. And when I first started my company, people were like, why don't you just get a job? <laughs> I'm like, well, I have a job. You know, it might not look like I'm getting X salary and I have these vacation days, but, you know, I get to create what that X salary looks like and I get to create what my my vacation days look like and, and you know sometimes there's no vacation days sometimes it's you know 14 hour days I mean you understand that as an entrepreneur yes my days start at 4 a.m. and they typically don't end until about 10 so long days for sure but so worth it you know when you have your heart in it and you know you're impacting lives and and changing hearts, it makes a big difference on getting up uh, early in the morning and um, making that impact, making a, a stand and standing up for those that can't stand up for themselves. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. What are some of, you know, because I feel like some people might be hesitant to share or open up, you know, how do you connect with people in a way that they feel like they can open up or, you know, what are some of the common things that people come to you with? Well, of course, I, I work with people with infidelity, but very specifically those that have had multiple affairs in their relationship and very specifically those that have porn addiction, a sexual addiction, some type of behavioral addiction. And uh, people come to me because they're just, they're shocked, they're blown away. It is not a topic that is widely discussed. And it's very difficult to navigate on the internet. Like, where do you go? Who do you talk to? Of course, right off the bat, we think of a therapist, right? We go to counseling and we seek um, assistance with a marriage counselor. However, I caution people because sometimes going to the wrong therapist is going to increase the problem. And, um, you know, it does more damage than it does good. So the first thing that I suggest is when you do seek out a therapist, make sure they are CSAT um, certified, which is um, a certification in sexual addiction trauma. And um, that's the biggest, the hardest part because um, there, even though there are um, 
therapists that are qualified in this segment, it's very hard to get on, on their books because porn addiction is becoming so prevalent in our country that you know the, our therapists are limited to the amount of clients that they're able to, to see. Huh. So if somebody is in a, because I, I didn't know that information. So if somebody is in a relationship and, you know, they're dealing with infidelity, how do they really know if, like, what the problem is? Like, how, you know, to say, oh, I need this particular kind of help because of this. Like, how do you know? It's very difficult to diagnose, especially if you don't go into counseling. Um, but there are little signs. And of course, um, you know, right off the bat, if your spouse is viewing pornography, you know, that depending on how frequently he is viewing pornography um, really kind of defines the degree of their addiction. You know, people who view pornography um, a lot of people can just say, oh, he's got an addiction. But it's like with any addiction. You know, if you see somebody that's out and about at a bar having a drink, do you right away label them an alcoholic? <laughs> so it's very difficult to define. So there are certain parameters, and I would encourage everyone to just, you know, um, talk to a therapist about those specific um, criteria for somebody who has a porn addiction. But um, people who come to me, they they are on the extreme side, right? There is an obvious porn addiction because they're viewing pornography very, very frequently. That It impacts how they are functioning as far as work. Sometimes people are viewing it on their phone or they're at work during their lunch hour and all of a sudden, you know, an hour or two have gone by. Um, and then there are other signs too, like multiple affairs, um, multiple infidelity, spending money on uh, prostitutes and massage parlors and things of that nature. So there, you can tell that there is some behavior around that. Of course, the addict is very good at hiding all of that. So you have to be able to recognize the disconnect, the lack of intimacy, and wondering if something is going on beneath the surface that, that you can't, can't see. And, um, you know, the sure sign is the immediate affair um, that, that the discovery that, that we um, wives have, right? It kind of like starts everything off. And then as you kind of dig a little further, you realize it goes a whole lot deeper than you realized. What is some of the, you know, transformation or, I don't know if transformation is the right word, but what are some of the stories of people that you've helped, like what how did they, you know, move past like the pain and, you know, what was the outcome for them? The biggest part is for a woman to be vulnerable and seek help, right? That is the, the greatest thing that the, a woman could do for herself, especially when they come to me or any therapist, because from that point, you are admitting that there is a problem and you're seeking help. So commending somebody on just making that initial step is a huge um, step towards their healing process. And uh, I can't speak for other therapists and in what they do and how they treat their patients. But I know for myself, I was able to find a qualified therapist to help me through my trauma. 
um, and be able to put together a framework um, to help me heal. And what was really interesting, and this is really kind of going into the backstory of how I got into what I'm doing now, is that my therapist had, after I think it was about eight months, maybe 10 months, um, decided to cut me loose. She's like, okay, you know, you, you, you're doing really great and you've made such, such significant pro progress. Um, you know, we can back down our counseling to like whenever you need it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I had built such a connection with her because she helped me to such a degree that I didn't want to stop counseling. I felt like, well, you know, I'm sure there's more. And she's like, no, you know, I'm not the type of counselor that's going to make you stay in my office for years on end um, and have all of this talk therapy. She says, you know, you are making great decisions. You put in place some significant boundaries to create a safe space for yourself to heal. So you're good. You know, you're making choices, you're thinking for yourself. And so that was kind of how I was able to develop the framework for my coaching program to assist those that have experienced betrayal to get through the healing process a little quicker than just, you know, two to four years that it typically takes for an average person to sit and go through talk therapy, just talking about their feelings. Yeah, I'm a big believer in like doing the work to let go of all of that. And of course, like there's, you know, residual stuff and pain that comes out. You know, what are some of the tips or techniques that you have for people? You know, um, we can sit and talk about this a little longer, but I would love to extend an invitation to anyone that is listening to my masterclass. It's a free training that I am doing inside the Clarity and Crisis group. And it's sharing my framework on how to move beyond infidelity. But I will go through a couple of steps here. And the first one is you know, creating that safe environment for yourself, which would be boundaries. Um, we don't have boundaries typically we don't grow up with a handbook saying that this is what we need to do and this is what we don't need to do these are the red flags to determine whether or your spouse is cheating on you or has a porn addiction we don't have that there's no manual so right off the bat we create a safe environment for the spouse to heal and that is creating specific boundaries and it could look like um you know the spouse being open with their electronic devices because typically what happens is the addict hides their addiction um, they're on their phone they keep it locked or they don't want their wife to go through it so there are little things that a woman can ask for that will help her feel that they are you know reconciling the issue and she's able to recover in that space so boundaries is really big and you know it, they look different for everybody there's just no set parameters but being open i would suggest would be the first thing that both people are open to express what's going on in the relationship that the the man is straying essentially so boundaries would be the first step yeah i think boundaries in general and there's no handbook in in you know guide to boundaries but i think you know for me I, I have never, you know, really, I've never been married, so I've never dealt with this. However, just in, in general, like boundaries in friendships and in 
clients and things like that, setting up clear parameters and boundaries and understanding, you know, who you let into your, your space. I think, you know, the last couple of years I've been more um, paying attention to like the energy that, that other people bring. And I really want to like have people that bring light and energy and, and space into, you know, this, into my life rather than the, the opposite. Um, so I think that that's kind of like a good life tip in general, just, you know, having boundaries and what you expect and, and who you let into your space and into your world too. Farhana, you bring up a really good point as far as uh, even though you've not been married, you can extend those boundaries to the people you surround yourself with friends, for example. Now, because I had gone through therapy and I learned boundaries, um, I was able to release and let go of some toxic people in my life. And that is very difficult for us to do. And I was not willing to accept the type of behavior or the reactions I was getting in certain relationships with people. Um, and what that looked like was maybe the, you know, hanging out with a person and that person um, slinging crude remarks, you know, just those little passive aggressive remarks or um, questioning my motives around my actions. Like if you don't believe that I'm trustworthy enough and you're going to question me, then, then we don't need to be friends. There's obviously not a relationship of trust between us. So every year around this time of year, I go back through my friends list. I look at some of the behaviors and habits that I have, and I kind of clean house. This is part of boundaries, having um, boundaries put in place, and also creating goals for yourself in which to create a healthier environment for your future. Yeah, I mean, I go through, not necessarily go through, but sometimes when on my news feed, I see certain people that are consistently complaining or putting negativity out there. And I and I feel like that they're not, you know, contributing to anything positive. I, you know, defriend them or I, you know, hide their remarks, depending, because it's like we get to set what our world looks like. If we want positivity, if we want you know, growth, development, all of that. Like we get to create what that looks like. So that's like an interesting subject that I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, I feel bad. I, I've known this person forever or I feel bad because I'm, I don't want them to, you know, talk bad about me because I'm, you know, not sharing with them. But it, it's interesting. It's like we get to say how this life goes. For sure. And, um, when you're able to to let go of that, and it doesn't have to look like confronting them and saying, okay, we're not going to be friends anymore, anymore. It could look like you just backing off and not spending as much time with them. And hold on just a second. <laughs> Ashton, the dog is pawing at the door. Could you please let him out? Can you hurry? Because he's been pawing for like 20 minutes. He's going to go to the bathroom on the floor. Thank you so much. <laughs> you, did you hear all that? I didn't. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I have a dog that he's very old. He's like 85 pounds and he's been pawing at the door 
I let him out right before we hopped on, but if we don't let him out like now, he's going to mess all over the floor because he's so old. So I was just like, oh. somebody please let him out. <laughs> but yes, um, creating that safe space for yourself, you do. You're absolutely right. You get to choose your environment. And that is something that when you're in a relationship, you feel, uh, at least some of the women that come in, are of the mindset that they can't do anything to change their uh, situation. Now, it's true that there isn't anything that you can do to control what your spouse is doing, but you can absolutely create your environment by putting in those boundaries of what you are going to accept and not accept. Yeah, so boundaries and what are some other um, you know, tips so the, the biggest um, impact that happens when we have our discovery is um, the blow to our self-esteem, right? We have um, suffered trauma that it causes us to question our total being. We, um, we, we end up lacking confidence. We end up having low self-esteem. Uh, we end up questioning everything that we are like, um, you know, am I pretty enough? Uh, am I too fat for him? Is that why he strayed? Um, am I even, um, you know, worthy of his love? And we question everything about us that is beautiful. And we, we have doubt within ourselves. And that is the hardest part that uh, we get to fix. And so inside of my blueprint, my framework, um, one of the steps is creating a self-image manifesto. And this is something that we don't do for ourselves anyway. If you didn't grow up with praise and you had criticism in your life, like if you came to your parent or your mom or dad and, and say, Oh, look what I did, you know, and you colored this picture, but it was outside of the lines and you didn't get healthy praise. And, and you were criticized either by a sibling or your mom or dad that said, well, you went outside the lines, you know, as if you weren't good enough. Or if you come, come up with an idea, they're like, well, that's stupid. That stays with you. Those are the little traumas that impact us for the rest of our life, believe it or not. And they are subconsciously programmed into us. So within the blueprint, we have a uh, step called the self-image manifesto, and we dive really deep into creating the self-image um, to help the, the partner create a healthy outlook on herself, to accept her just the way she is with flaws and everything. No one is perfect. And so we want to be able to embrace that imperfection and know that we are still beautiful and worthy and that's what makes us unique yeah for sure i mean i think that that's so true um i've done a lot of courses with landmark education it's a self-growth and development course and one of the things that they say is that there's an incident that happened as a child and from that point you made up the decision on how you see things and you see things through that lens so like I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or I don't matter or I'm not smart enough like all of the I'm not 
And so as an adult, we don't recognize that like those little traumas affect the manner in which we see things. Yeah, absolutely. Ron, hold on again. I apologize for this. Ashton, can you get my extension cord so my computer is going to die? It's um, on my desk and you may have to get the brown extension cord too and then just plug it in, um, finding an outlet. I'm going to have to leave you to do it, okay? I apologize. My computer is old and it's it's getting ready to die. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We've barely been on for 20 minutes. <laughs> so I'm trying to get situated so I don't lose you. Yeah. So note to everyone that is creating podcasts, make sure that your guests are known to plug in their computer. <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a tip for me. Um, I... I'm working on a outline of all of the checklists of things to be prepared for. So I apologize for not sending you that because that's one of the reminders. <laughs> I feel like unless it's a brand new computer, computers just generally die. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, going back to like that mantra manifesto, I think that that's super important. You know, there's times we all no matter what, even if people look at our lives and think that everything is perfect and we're perfect and, you know, whatever, we all, I think, go through moments of feeling depressed or, or feeling unworthy or feeling, you know, down. I think it's just like natural. Like we have as a human, the capacity to feel happiness and to feel sadness and juxtaposed to be able to feel all of those things and you know I'm grateful for the ability to be alive and have those feelings and so a lot of times what I'll do is um you know I'll do like guided meditations or something that will you know say like you know all of these things and it and it's not that I don't think that I'm these things but sometimes it's like you need a little you need a reminder you need some support to get yourself out of that you know feeling down and and I think like in our culture too, we all feel as though we have to, you know, be perfect and sadness or depression or, or going through something is like a negative thing and a weakness where we want to push it aside and we don't want to actually face it and work on it and see what's in ourselves and, and how we can release it. Um, so the people that are, you know, I'm sure that you have clients that are just trying to like suppress those feelings. You know, how do you kind of have them live through it, but like work on it? That is a great question because for Hannah, a lot of, I have found that a lot of people do not ever process their trauma. They just bury and stuff it. And what happens is all of those feelings and emotion and our trauma resurface later down in our life. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you it's going to be an easy road if you work with me or if you take my course. I will tell you it does take hard work and you are going to experience pain, but healing happens on the other side of that, that pain, right? You do, you have to go through it and it is tough. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you don't, and you're going to be okay and you're going to heal because it just doesn't work that way. But inside my course, I do have techniques that I do use to help alleviate that pain. And um, one of them is like the, the breathing and meditation that you brought up. We don't learn that. We don't know about that. And people don't understand how effective that can actually be in healing trauma, especially when you have triggers, 
because your body does things that you really don't want it to do. If you've ever been in an environment where you're shaking, tell your body to stop shaking. Or if you're somewhere and you're triggered and you get that knot in the pit of your stomach, try just making it going away. It just doesn't happen that way, right? So we use special strategies and tactics to help um, the women process their pain so they are able to deal with the trauma, kind of evaluate what's going on, why it's stirring up these emotions, um, digging into the root cause and being able to get the women past that. Yeah. Um, it, that's so interesting. Like if you think about it, when you do have that pit in your stomach, <laughs> you you know, you can say, oh, go away. But, you know, when you have those breathing exercises, I think that there should be more promotion of that because if we just stop and we like allow ourselves to like take in just oxygen and just pause and breathe, it will like slow down like our nervous system and we get to kind of shift. Um, even with this like pandemic right now, I feel like people are feeling all kinds of ways and then there's, you know, the respiratory problems that are associated with it. I haven't really seen much about breathing exercises and the benefits of that. And it's surprising to me. Farhana, I predict that in this next 10 years because of COVID, there is going to be a huge shift in people going towards meditation and breath work and using those type of techniques to be able to manage their stress and their anxiety. Um, it isn't it isn't practice. It isn't well known, but it's it's very interesting. Um, I tell all my clients, self care is so important, and of course, that's another step within my program is making sure the women are taking care of themselves. And it could be something as little as going outside and taking a brisk walk for ten minutes, getting that oxygen, um, breathing in that fresh air. Because not only is it beneficial for you to help calm your body, it's also going to send endorphins and those feel-good um, chemicals into your brain to help you not become depressed, help you not spiral into that deep pit of negative thoughts and emotion that we just can't seem to get out of. And so taking care of yourself, um, creating rituals around um, your health and well-being is also ex extremely important to your healing process as well. I always recommend, you know, having that put in place. We as entrepreneurs have a ritual. It's the self-care ritual for our business, right? I'm sure you put together a to-do list and you have a planner and things of that nature. Well, when we're healing, we absolutely have to have that as well in our lives making sure that you're taking care of yourself, not when you get around to it, because of women, we have a tendency of taking care of everybody else except ourselves. So I make sure that one of the first things that women have when they come in here is um, a safe environment to relax and have self-care so they can process what they're feeling as well. Yeah, I think that's super important. You know, even as an entrepreneur, like you get stressed out and, and there's so much stuff to do and so you know i have a standing monday night massage you know i work out a lot so my muscle it's not always like very tranquil because my muscles will be tight and i just need the knots out 
But, you know, it's something that people are like, oh, yeah, like, you know, life must be good. You get massages, blah, blah, blah. And it's that I choose to invest in taking care of my body because if my body's not okay, if I'm not feeling healthy, I can't help my clients. I can't grow my business. I can't, you know, have my employees thrive if I'm not taking care of my physicality. Um, and, and that, like, you know, part of it is like the body healing, but also part of it is letting time for myself to just unwind and, you know, feel good and be peaceful. So I think that that's super important. But what I also, you know, you said it, women always are taking care of everyone else. And so I know people that are moms and they're like, the self-care thing, they're like, oh yeah, you know, when I, when I get to it and, you know, the kids need this. And, and so how do, you know, what do you say to your clients that are like, oh no, I can't do that. I'm busy. I have the kids and I have this and, you know, I, I can't manage it. What do you say to them? The problem is going to perpetuate itself. You know, if, if you're not going to um, focus on healing, then it's obviously not going to be a priority. I don't drag people across the finish line. I let them know that if they want to heal, then they're going to have to um, make certain things a, pr a priority in their life, right? It's kind of like when you have a, a full calendar, what do you choose to focus on? You know, um, a great example is uh, if your child has cut themselves and we're in the middle of doing a podcast, are you going to say, you go sit over there in the corner and you bleed out and I'll get to you when I'm done? Or are you going to stop and say, you know what? No, that's the priority. Let me get to it right now. And it's the same thing with your healing and trauma. If, if you are just going to put a Band-Aid on it and not focus on really allowing it to heal it's going to get infected. It's going to fester. It's going to resurface later on down, down the road. And, you know, that's your prerogative. You know, it, it can only get you so far. So unfortunately, you know, the women that come to me, they're at that point where they're going to do anything to help them heal. But there are a lot of people that are very good at compartmentalizing and stuffing their feelings and keeping themselves busy with activities so they don't have to deal with the problem. It's going to come back and bite you in the butt. If not now, if not in a year later down on the, in the road. Yeah. And I think that I posted this um, today and it's a little bit unrelated, but kind of related if you really think about it. So I wrote, uh, life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams. I can hear you guys. Than to your comfort zone. Say that one more time. It's worth repeating. Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than to uh, than to your comfort zone. Yeah. And that is, I don't say it exactly like that, but I tell everyone we heal and we grow outside of our comfort zone, right? Um, when we stay in our safety area, our comfort zone, um, that's when everything is stagnant. That's where everything is just like, okay, if you just don't move, if you just don't breathe, you know, they won't see us <laughs> kind of, kind of a mindset, right? So yes, we have to be stretched outside of our comfort zone in order to heal. Yeah. And, and anything, you know, whatever your dreams are, if you, if you want to have a happy family, you can't be living in your pain. 
Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And unfortunately, so many people just stay stagnant and the days just go by and then all of a sudden it's the years that go by and then all of a sudden the kids are out of the house and you have this problem that you didn't deal with back when you had your discovery in your 30s and 40s or 50s and then here you are in your 60s, 70s and 80s and you're stuck with somebody that you're not happy with probably because you don't have boundaries or didn't take care of it when you should have and now it's kind of like, you know, I hate to say too late, there's, you always have a choice no matter what. But um, I had a client come through. Um, actually, this was, this was before um, I actually became an infidelity recovery specialist. But when I was going through my own healing, there was a woman inside of our group. Now, the support group was a, a year-long study basically to help women who have experienced infidelity understand the reasons why and um, to put some structure in um, in place in their lives to create a healthy uh, marriage or a, you know recovery or to reconcile. And I went through that to kind of understand what was going on. And this woman was telling a story about an incident that had happened with her and her husband and something was just, you know, off. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry for asking this question. I said, but I missed last week. Maybe you were here and you told that part of the story. But was this something that happened like recently, like a, a, the last few weeks or months? She said, oh, no, 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 no. You know, this happened 20 years ago. And I was like, whoa. And you're still here after 20 years because you haven't let go of that? For me, that was a wake-up call. Because I felt like, you know what, my marriage, uh, I felt like I had wasted 21 years of my life on somebody who obviously didn't want to reconcile. They were going to keep doing what they were doing or didn't know how to, so they didn't make an effort. They used that as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, so I'm not going to. But I felt like I had wasted 21 years of my life where I know I could have you know, gone for my dreams and did what I really, really wanted. And I'm not going to let another 20 years of my life go by because I wasn't able to move past my trauma and heal properly. And so that was when I decided, you know what, that is absolutely not going to happen to me. And I say that because there are women that come through my group all the time that are like, I wish I had taken care of this problem 10, 20 years ago. And now I feel like it's too late. And, or things have just escalated. And, you know, when you're like a, um, steam pot and you put the lid on something um, pretty soon if you don't allow it to express itself it's going to blow up in your face right and that's what happens with all of us that's what happens with trauma it resurfaces later on down the road probably when you least expect it and certainly not when you want it to happen there's no convenient time to go through it you either do it or you don't yeah for sure so, you know, it's it's about life is about setting your eye on the goals, figuring out what you want your life to look like and letting like in doing what it takes to grow and develop and heal and you know, like you learn, you read a book to learn X or in your business you do X to get this result. And it's the same thing with like, you know, you as a person like you need to get the support you need or do something to like not let your pain 
have power over your life and, and to heal from it. So, you know, that's super true. Like you can't let that simmer for 21 years. Damn, that's a long time. <laughs> so I have a fun question to ask that I ask all of my guests. If you could be a superhero, what would your two superpowers be? My superhero, my powers? Oh, goodness. Like uh, an invincible person. You know what? Um, I always wish for strength, but I think if I would want super, oh, I know, I would want to be able to communicate with, with everybody. Um, I don't want to allow, allow language to be a barrier to be able to reach those people. So I would think, and this is something that I always wish because I, I come from a, um, a mixed family, but I wish I was multilingual. You know, I, I didn't have an opportunity to speak Chinese because my mother's Chinese and I, um, I'm i not very proficient in, or um, would not proficient, but I don't speak Spanish fluently like I want to, um, but there are so many languages that I wish that I could speak so I could communicate with other people. And so that, that, would, that would be my superpower. I would want to be able to talk to anybody. You get two because this is my make-believe world so what's your second one my second one would be time warping i would love to be able to just like zip over here and zip over there just instantaneously but i think um with the way technology is going we might be able to transport to another country sooner than we we think <laughs> elon musk might have like something going on um that's gonna allow us to do that in the future <laughs> Yeah, so my two superpowers is to be able to speak every language in the world because I do want to be able to communicate and, you know, I would love to, like, go speak on every in every single country. And, yeah, my language skills are uh, not that great. Um, and then um, my second one is to fly because I'm scared of the, tr the time travel, the time warp. Because remember in Star Trek, sometimes they didn't come back, like, all the right way. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. So being able to uh, have the ability like Superman just to get from A to Z in a flash of a second, that's absolutely, that would be, that would be good. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you see like a beautiful jungle or something. It's like, I don't really want to be in there with all the animals, but I do want to like soar around and check it out and be able to like leave if there's some kind of predator. <laughs> Yeah, I think about some of those um, comic superheroes that I see. I don't think I would want to be like Plastic Man to be able to stretch, like stretch, like that's just weird. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I, I'd want to be able to warp somewhere instantaneously, and I would want to, you know, be like you, like be a linguist, be able to communicate with everyone, because that is something that I feel is a barrier that um, if there was – uh, ability to be able to speak with people, I think, I think more people would be able uh, to do more with what they would want to do, you know, not allow language to be a barrier. Yep. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on today. It was a pleasure taking some time and catching up with you. You know, it's been so fun and I appreciate the opportunity and being able to like do what you do, be able to get me out there and push me gently and just say, <laughs> you need to get in front of the masses. Social media is the way to do it. So thank you so much for all your support and allowing me to share with, uh, with all of your audience. Thanks. Bye everyone. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>
backwards. <laughs>